right, here we go. Part two of the Nerdables Comic-Con 2014 review show. We're going to continue right where we left off, so strap yourselves in because it's about to get interesting. All right, nerds. What a nerd. Nerds. Nerds. Nerds! I'm not kissing a nerd. What is a nerd? You know, it's funny is every every time we talk about a con or anything, we always say, well, don't expect to meet, you know, celebrities or celebrity type people and everything. Every con I've I've ended up meeting or talking to a couple, I guess you could call them celebrities, you know, for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. This is well, I talked to Chloe Dykstra only because of Arabella. Arabella loves her from the Heroes of Cosplay. So she ran up to her at the uh, her universe. Chloe was cool. She was talking to her for the longest time. We ended up talking about cosplay, and Arabella told her that you know because she knows that she's a Hoovian. So she told her about the TARDIS and everything. And she Chloe goes, "So you got a really cool creative family." And I'm like, "Um, your dad made the lightsaber. You can't get any cooler than that." And you know, I'm thinking that the whole time she's talking, but. Yeah, it was, every time we say that, I mean, you you met, you got to finally meet somebody that you've always been wanted to meet. Well, I didn't meet any celebrity or anything. Well, I, would, I would. Yeah, I met Chuck Dixon, who's been writing Punisher and Batman for twenty years. I would consider I Dixon to be a celebrity type. Probably not for the right reasons at this point. No, <laughs> after his Wall Street Journal article. But no, I mean, it's it's not a lot of people that you get to. There's not as many people that I meet that I've like waited to meet for a long time. Um, you know, last year I finally got to meet Michael Golden, who did a couple of Joe stuff, and he actually mm-hmm. had prints of some of my favorite covers. Uh, I got to meet Chuck Dixon this year. It's going back and seeing some of the people. Um, our WonderCon experience with the guys from the NinjaBot. Yeah, being able to go and talk to them. Mm-hmm. I still, I, I, I know I walked past their booth probably two or three times and never saw it. Yeah, well, I, I spent a decent amount of time there, the nicest people in the world, because they took my bag on Sunday. So I wouldn't have to slam into a thousand people all day with uh, mm-hmm. a bag full of toys and crap. So they they held on to it for me. So that was cool. Uh, Dustin Newen continues to be the nicest person in comics. I bought his sketchbook and he's pick out a print and I was like, I wasn't getting prints this year, but I want this one, so I'll take that one. Yeah, I talked to J. Scott Campbell for a while too, which was pretty cool. He's always really nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I got to talk to um, uh, Karen Hallian, who is an artist. She does a lot of the shirts that we see on like. Uh, T Fury and, and stuff like that. She, she does, does a lot of the she does a lot slash of who, you know, she Dr. does a lot who of stuff. who stuff. So you know, when I was talking to her, I said it's it's not that I just like disregard her art, but I look at it like oh, it's it's well done art, but it's not something I'm really interested in because it's uh it's a Doctor Who print. But she had two Princess Leia prints, one as um almost like a I don't want to say like a Paris cafe, but it was just a a gorgeous piece, and then there was one for, in her Bespin costume, which I bought, which was mm-hmm. the uh, I bought that I bought. Frank Cho's uh, Baroness print. I bought a print from Ninja Bot, and I got Dustin Ewan's, and those are the only four prints I have, which was weird. Yeah, Especially, I only like, picked up three this year. There wasn't anything that really struck me, and this is a part of what you were talking about before, of going to as many cons we go to, is now we see a lot of the same people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I feel like over the last year, probably since the last con at least, if not the last year and a half, I feel like I'm seeing a lot of the same art. I'm not seeing oh. anything that is new or blowing me away or, or anything like that. It's You'll see some Southern of Southern California. You're exactly. in the same area. So yeah, it's the same area, so it's a lot of that same the same type of people are able to make it to these shows. That's why NinjaBot was such a revelation to me at, at WonderCon, because it was something that I hadn't seen. Right. And it was so dynamic and so different. 
is why I love their stuff so much. Yeah, um, I didn't even get to but stop. Like, I didn't stop by Olivia's booth. I stopped by Olivia's booth. He has three new prints or yeah. newer. Um, but even then, they're, they're kind of the same composition. There's two of them with Vader and one of them with Darth Maul in the middle of a, of a long scene. In fact, I convinced someone else to buy Livio's <laughs> prints, uh, to buy the um, uh, my favorite print of his. The first one I bought is Magneto mm-hmm. uh, controlling the broken up pieces of a of a Sentinel uh, as if he's Through using space, it. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, I, that I love that. But the imagination in that print is absolutely brilliant. So he bought that and he bought the uh, the sound wave where the... Um, that's a good one. The Autobots are in the, the reflection of the, the case, the cassette case. So, yeah, uh, this year's Comic-Con for me, not – it felt like I didn't do anything. I didn't seem to do any panels because right. I didn't do a lot of the panels that I normally do. There were a lot of panels that I went to with what I thought I had enough time. I gave myself an hour to go to Star Wars Storyboards. Didn't even, didn't even come close. They capped that line. But, yeah, that one they capped very quickly. They didn't even let me – wait around to see if I could mm-hmm. get in because that room wasn't full when I walked by it. I've always um, wondered why they, they have I mean, I know there's a waiting list and everything, but Star Wars seems like they, they've always had them in 7AB and they've never moved it, which to me, it always seems like they, they need to put them in a bigger room. Well, the thing is with Star Wars, some of those, the, the big stuff like the Rebels one was in a bigger panel or the, the big media stuff will be, but Star Wars Storyboards is just a book. Right, you know, it's it's an art book about the storyboards of it, and if you look at, there's no names on there that are like a mainstream audience. You know, if it's Joe Johnston and and whoever, uh, I can't remember who was supposed to, who else was supposed to be at that panel. They're people I recognize because I'm following the art of Star Wars of how these movies came to be. Sure. But I think the 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 general public doesn't know. You mentioned Chloe Dykstra. Friend of mine knows Chloe and said, "Yeah, I was talking. Chloe's, Chloe's dad did something for Star Wars." I'm like, "Did something? He designed and invented the lightsaber. Don't you know? Don't you get it?" He's like, "Yeah, I do. But what's the big deal? I just know him as Chloe's dad." I'm like, "Eat But even the Has- Star Wars Hasbro panel, I've seen it every year. It's gotten bigger and bigger, and it's now. I think standing- a lot of it is people can't get into other panels, and I think there's there's a big push, and it's something we'll probably bring up later. It's a big push for people to find ways to do things that don't cost any money. True. Because freebies are a bitch to get now. I mean, you used to be able to go buy the Marvel booth and you could pick up all the posters no, you just, want. Yeah, mm-hmm. they just left them like, on a table. Mm-hmm. I have waited completely now. I'm too claustrophobic. Yeah, there's no there's no <laughs> well, way. The only way I got your Guardians poster last year as I was walking the floor with Brandon and Sherry is I, I physically could not move to my right. Mm-hmm. And so I was shuffled like something out of a cartoon, <laughs> get shuffled to my left, and all of a sudden we realized the three of us are standing next to the the table that's at the front of the Marvel booth and they're handing out posters, rolled posters. So I just put my hand out and I got one and Brandon gets one and Sherry gets and we walk away and I unroll like what the hell? Is, oh hey it's Guardians cool, you know what I'll give this to Rich and then rolled it back up and kept going. Well, that's how but we that got was the, the only way only way to do it. That's how we got the Scarlet Witch this year. I you know we got to the Marvel and it was so packed that I picked Arabella up and put her on my shoulders and by the time I picked her up we got pushed all the way up to the counter. And she had, you know, she was had her hand up and you know, everything. So they handed her one, and I'm like, oh, okay, and you know, got pushed right back out. Yeah, I ended up making a wrong turn somewhere and was by the Marvel booth when they were giving out one of those posters, whether it was Scarlet Witch or Iron Man or whatever. And the only thing that comes to mind is those pictures from the early '90s of people trying to grab bags of rice in Ethiopia. I mean, just <laughs> throngs of people with their hands up, like, if I don't get this, I'm going to die. My yeah. life is over. Everything is done. I have to have this. Oh, so I a, think for some of them, that is. That's what I'm saying, though. That that's this is it's it's a bigger 
it's a bigger thing where we're seeing in, in we might as well just jump into it now. There are a large number of retailers that have said they don't think they're going next year. Some mm-hmm. of them have rescinded that very quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah, that story. Uh, <laughs> do you want to even touch on that story, or is it just well? well the, I mean, it's just part of it. The the most vocal one was on Saturday. Um, Chuck, is it Klosterman? I believe. I think Chuck was the yeah, owner of so. Mile High Comics. He was in uh, Josh Whedon's no, he was, or, uh, uh, Morgan Spurlock's yes. Comic Con movie it documentary. Uh, Comic Con uh, was it um, fans? Whatever episode four um, or something. Episode four, the the fake out. Um, but he had announced on he had written this whole thing on Saturday about how comic companies were making exclusives mm-hmm. that people were trying to get, and that was keeping them from spending their money or their time at his booth and spending any money, any more money. Which is there. funny because they were selling the the Harley Quinn statue for two hundred dollars. Right. Um, well, there's there's a number of issues with this, but the stay on the topic in terms of retailers is. They're not the only one. We've heard other booths. I don't want to say anything because nobody ever said anything to us. Chuck put this out publicly, but other right. booths. There are other people that, whether we overheard it or where we kind of insinuated from the way people were talking, especially towards the end, and the way that some of the prices have gotten more, more and more booths are charging tax again mm-hmm. instead of trying to keep things straight um, or, or even as an, as an even amount. Every year there seems to be two less retailer rows as it is. The... the, the the producers of movies or publishing companies or whatever crouch in from the left and the video games crouch in Mm -hmm. from the right. And so there seems to be a half aisle or a full aisle or two full aisles that leave every single year. We also look at it this year, and we said this at at WonderCon too, there's not a lot of variety in what's left. Correct. There's four booths. There's there's really... There's three booths that offer discount trades. Yeah, or J, four booths. Two of J's. Well, th- I'm not talking. I'm talking about like the booths to death. Those right. guys. There's those guys, and there's one other guy that has that stuff towards the back. The guy who has a. Uh, he was selling him some of the stuff for sixty. Yeah. You know, as almost like an independent. The booth He's the only one that doesn't. Know, the booth that hates my. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> he thirty hates day, you. for 30, 30 days of night hardcover that yep. was in a box. It was angry. Well, it wasn't supposed to be there. It wasn't supposed to be Thanks. there. But he's also got... Yeah. I mean, he's the got weird a... thing is, that booth this year, I bought I bought JLA Avengers for half off. <laughs> and my shop sells that book for well over cover every time we get it. So, But that guy's got, got a tiny booth anyways. He's got a small booth. but the, And again, I don't know anything one way or the other. I'm not trying to put words into his mouth. My personal opinion from the way that booth looked and the way it was operated this time... I could see him not coming back next year. Sure. You have Jays, the, the guys that have the new comics laid out, and they have some trades and stuff like that. Those guys are there, and the rest are all toy dealers. Mm-hmm. And so doing comics, which we'll point out now, Mile High only brought back issues this year. They Correct. didn't have trades. Whereas Torpedo only brings trades. Torpedo only brings trades. Mile High used to bring tons of trades, and they brought a bunch of trades that other people didn't have they had a lot of the new stuff that you couldn't find anywhere else because the discount guys wouldn't have it right but we noticed this year we got trades in the uh in the discount booths that are not that old yeah you know some of them had just come out i picked up uh, saga volume three was in there too yeah and that just came out what a month ago i picked up manifest destiny which was only a month ago black science Mm -hmm. sex criminals the book not actual sex criminals uh, um, they had East West volume volume two. East I mean, West was there. The Batman by Doug Monick and Kelly Jones. So mm-hmm. they're they're working in newer stuff into their things even faster. I think that kind of 
it's a two, but uh, it hits yeah, something a like lot mine. Of that is, I think, for a lot, a lot of the newer trades, a lot of that's the bigger push from Amazon to deep discount. Yeah. So they have to compete some way, and if they've got extras, they'll bring them. Yeah. So it, it seems to, to dig into – more people are digging into what Mile High used to do best, which was have that variety from not just Marvel and DC or even Image, but Dark Horse and Oni and Slave mm-hmm. Labor and, and those, those that smaller publishers. That was the best place about three, four years ago. I got yeah, you, all the Hellboy uh, yeah. library editions up for one through four. Yeah, I mean, we were talking bucks. about it like, on my Facebook. Mikey and I used to hit oh, yeah. that Sunday morning, and we would complete the list. Right. Like the year I went, all I wanted was Alien Legion 1 and 2. Uh, oh, you got most of the gauntlet. I got the Infinity there. Gauntlet there. I mean, that's where we Spider-Man went first thing on Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, I, when there. I first started going with you, and I would start to pick up stuff during you know the first couple of days, you would no wait, just wait because on Sunday you want to hit mile high and you're going to find them all. And sure enough, that's what we did. We went in first thing mm-hmm. on Sunday and we grabbed everything we were wanting. Yeah. So that isn't there anymore. And and some of it is uh, one of the things that. Mile High said in this note of people, of publishers uh, producing exclusives that people were spending money on. And I think also part of that is the fact that so much time is used on exclusives. It's not publishing companies, it's the toy companies. Sure. I think we worked it out in order to, if you wanted to buy everything at Hasbro off your badge, it was something like $1,200. I th- yeah, I think yeah, so because like you, some of the stuff that you could double was really expensive. You could get two Jabas and they're eighty five a piece, so it was right. like one sixty or one seventy. I was surprised, they but the other had thing, a... the, the thing to save not only the money for these companies, but how much time you have to invest. If you're taking yourself off the floor for two hours to stand in line to get all the stuff from Hasbro, to get all the stuff from Mattel, to get the stuff from Funko. Which apparently was Funko absolutely was, disaster. That according was to the, the craziest in. booth because there was I no. Will, I will give props to Funko in a lot of respect because I know I waited in line to get some exclusives for somebody, and uh, but they were not tolerating hangers around. Like I always like as much as I love Mondo stuff, you know, those guys are the bane of my existence because the the people hang around their booths like vultures eight hours a day, every day yeah. to get that text that says group poster on sale now and they just right into line but Funko they were they were pretty good about going he's like hey I've seen you here for 20 minutes you're gonna have to keep moving line, you know oh I, and then and then when the line would form they'd be like hey dude I saw you here for an hour yeah watching this booth you gotta get out of line I can't sell cool. anything to you so I mean that's just total respect for me because like there's so much stuff I want to see it's like hey, hey I want one of those Mondo posters but I am not. I, I am unwilling, maybe because of a lack of dedication, <laughs> to waste my entire day for a random text yeah. about a right. poster. I, I I just won't do it. The bad thing though with the Funko booth this year was they also had the My Little Pony scavenger hunt posters. So they had one of the seven that you could go around to get. So you not only had people waiting for that, waiting to get into the booth, you also had people trying to get there to get the My Little Pony yeah. one. And so, you, I mean, it just, their booth, where it's located, got to be such a clusterfuck that you couldn't get in or out or do anything. You, but this, in addition to the money, it's the, to me, it's the time. You don't have time to go sit at, re, go look through retailers' booths. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot, a lot of people aren't like us that the exclusive sort of thing is, well, we'll see what Hasbro has left on Sunday. We'll do the Entertainment Earth one because that line is very quick. You know, because they don't have anything that's crazy. NECA was very quick. You Mattel was do, insane. You were able to do Mattel, but you were able to do it in, in a in a in a 
uh, orderly or not orderly, a, a, a timely fashion, because you're you are buying it for your little girl. And that, so they and, see, and that's where I, I have a lot of respect for Mattel is because they realize that they do have a core audience for yeah. like their their Monster High or their Ever After High and things like that. So they will personally set stuff aside just for those little girls. And if they know it's just for that little girl and it's not going to be turned around and sold in, right. you know, down in, in the exhibit or on eBay or wherever, they will make sure that that little girl gets yeah, it. Yeah, no, I, and, you know, as, as much as people had problems with their pre-ordering system this year, I also applaud them for putting up a pre-order for the items just to alleviate the stress of people's like, no, just go on there, you get put in the digital line. Because mm-hmm. I, when they were releasing Ghostbusters props, you know, you log in at this time, you get put in a line, and then you just buy it when your time comes, you know. And I respect that they had a pre-order for pretty much every exclusive. Yep. And then a little bit set aside for the show itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then they also... That's the way Giant used to do it, too. Yeah. They, they don't also listen to their, their fans, or listen to, to their message boards, and cut they down do. the amount that you were allowed to buy. Because you were allowed to buy six to nine of certain things, and they dropped everything down to three. Yeah. That's no, good. I, like for me, the biggest issue is like um, I went with my friend Shauna, and she had her heart set on like a, the twenty-four, the dragon, the dragon dagger, dagger twenty-four karat gold plated dragon dagger from Power Rangers. We woke up at five forty-five in the morning, mm-hmm. got to the con by about seven. You're too late. And yeah, we were too late, and the line was already about three or four hundred people deep. Yeah. And it's just one, and you know, and she she has not really had to experience the rat race of trying to get exclusives, but the best way to put it was like you're not competing with people who actually care about the item yeah you're competing with people whose livelihood it is to get in that line get four or five tickets to get the chance to get it and then to resell it because that's that's the money they make to either recoup their costs or they own a shop somewhere yeah there's a lot of guys with uh with hasbro for as many times as i've been through that line i haven't gone through the line in three years now um the people around you are buying everything whether they're a fan or not because they know if you spend the twelve hundred dollars to get everything, mm-hmm. and you only want, yeah, you only want the Java, and you're willing to sell the second one, you're gonna get your money back mm-hmm. in terms of what you're gonna spend for a good portion of your Comic Con. Last year, a girl after Comic Con put up on Facebook her driveway of everything she got that was exclusive for Comic Con. And completely filled up the driveway, and there were cases upon wow. cases upon cases. Well, yeah, but she's a professional. That, I mean, she run, she runs a toy store. She no, she runs an eBay. Well, right, she runs an eBay, eBay toy, toy store. store. Right, right. which everything that's, that's is not that's not the only con that she hits. I, I know which one you're talking about, and it's she's she's doling out that money because she's paying. She does what a lot of guys try to do with me because I walk in line and like I'm just getting the Joe exclusive. Right, I'm just getting the Star Wars exclusive, and everyone say, well, then buy the rest of them, and I'd always say, well, then pay for mine. Mm-hmm. You know, but give me the whole thing. Well, no, just buy them. I said, I'm not going to buy them out of the goodness of your heart. A lot of the toy dealers now will buy yours. Yes. If I want to buy two Joes, or let's say today, if I got in line and used four hours of my time, and all I want is the two Jabba the Huts, they'll give me the money to pay for my Jabba's and Get buy the, the Transformers and the Star Wars and the My Little Pony and the Magic Sword and all the other stuff that's there. And you know they're basically just paying for what you care about, and they'll take the rest of it and they'll right. turn it around. Yeah. There's no way to stop it. The only way to stop it is to stop buying it on eBay, and people won't do it because it's only exclusive. The problem is, is exclusives now are stuff that people not only do you really want; it's almost a need sort of thing. If you're sitting there, I just saw the Jabba from the Star Wars eight, uh, Black series, the six-inch series. Yeah. That figure on its own is impressive, but without the dais, 
that figure sucks. Yeah. It's I just going to sit on your shelf. It looks terrible. Without the Deus, the only way to get the Deus was to get you were paying. Exclusive. You were paying another $45, $45. for Salacious Crumb, the Hookah, and the, the, and the Deus, Deus background. The Deus is a... Is a it, it wasn't even the background. The, the, the thing's on it, isn't right. it? Well, he's also, it also has the, the podium where he's leaning up yeah, against it. Yeah, so there's, there's more pieces in it, but really pieces that I think are basic to a good Java display. Yes. Okay, it's the only way to get it. You're yeah. paying for the box. Yeah, the, there's Bandai also had a Godzilla figure. It's only like a six-inch figure, but it's 60 bucks. but the box Ooh. unfolds, and it's like a pop-up book of a destroyed city. Uh, and it yeah. looks like, like the only difference between that Godzilla and one you go and get at a toy store for $12 is the belly's painted red but you're really buying this really expensive cool diorama box. <laughs> he has heartburn. But it's 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 ridiculous. And although I well, wasn't that the the Hasbro one for like the Sentinel the first time? Wasn't it the, the or the Galactus was just the, the box? Wasn't well, it? Well, it's the Jokasada artwork yeah. on the box. Yeah. But the, the, the figure it's itself gorgeous. was exactly the same, wasn't it? Yeah, no, I think the figure but is. But it's I don't think the figure came on the uh, blister pack though. Okay. On the card. So I thought I thought it came with a different figure, or it was painted different than the one. It, it might have been like a darker, because I know the like Sentinel the was like a darker purple or right. some crap like that. Okay. But it's all you know, small. I, like Mattel's way of doing it. At least that levels the playing field. Because Somewhat. That, it, that, well, because you log on at you know you know you know a couple hundred people logging on at eight o'clock, they're just gonna get you know randomly assigned a, a position in line. It's not like somebody waking up at five in the morning. See, the only thing getting out of their sleeping bag, you know, going, ah, you know, stretching arms and then walking. 20 feet down to the stairs and then lining up. Yeah. The only bad thing about Mattel that I noticed this year trying to do the pre-order is that they have the subscriptions for like uh, He-Man and yeah. Ghostbusters and some of the others that allow you to get into it. But you can also, for $25, buy a single month, which right up, you know, it's like the month before Comic-Con or before yeah. the exclusives on sale, that you can go in and... Join that for twenty five dollars, and then you can get as much as you want. Yeah. That's the that's the only problem that I see with it is, and there was a lot of people at the like the Monster High panel that were bringing it up, saying, "Are you going to do a, you know, a, a subscription for like Monster High or something so we can be a part of that as well?" Because they weren't wanting to do, you know, He Man or whatever it was wrestling, you know, yeah. to be a part of that. But even you know. Even with me being able to get it for my daughter, they they said, you know, is there anything else you want? And I was like, well, I didn't want to take advantage of it. Right, right, and uh, you know, and I, I I feel the same way too. Is that you know, you really like they're just working the booth, you know, whether they work for the company or they're hired to work the, the just for the day or they're volunteers. You know, you know, there are people who, you know, they will take advantage of that instance. Like, yeah, I'll take one of these, and I'll take, I'll take the Homer car, yeah, and I'll take the Darth Vader car as well. And it's also like, all that, that doesn't make the rest of the goers any better, right? Truthfully, because then the day somebody abuses that too much, then it's over for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're really just doing it out of the, you know, they're just being nice because they want to give your kids something special, yeah. and then to have a parent like, yeah, that Homer, you know. Yeah, it's a good thing you didn't get the homework car. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you you, you can do what you can. You, I don't know. It's it, I don't know. It, it's it, there's a fine went, line. It went to a good home. Yeah, but I, I don't know if that's so much. I don't know if that's so much Hasbro or Mattel's fault versus the the air of I need this. They don't create that need. I mean, they really haven't 
made them any more or less limited than they have in previous years. It's just sort of that I'm at Comic Con. Do you think well, there's, that the there's, need there's, comes from the fact of people not being able to go to Comic Con? Where they feel that, that they need to have it? I'll, I'll disagree with you in the terms of, of Hasbro. Because as a G.I. Joe fan, they did three figures in a, in a, in a row that are extre- either extremely classic or a part of something bigger. They did Sergeant Slaughter, one of mm-hmm. the most popular figures in history. That yeah. was the only way to get him. The next year, they did Zorana, who is Zartan's sister. Uh, another company did a set that had all of the Dreadnoughts that hadn't been released yet, and Xandar, who is Zartan's brother. In order to complete that whole family, you have to buy a $95 figure on eBay right now. In the third year, they did Jinx from the movie, who was a huge part of that film. And then they also and did it was the Transformer G.I. Joe crossovers with it. They did those. Those are a little different from me because those are fun and different, but they weren't... If you're a collector, if you're someone who likes to display your pieces sure. as a complete or something really, really popular, that wasn't the only way to get Cobra Commander right. in that set. That wasn't the only way to get Baroness. It wasn't the only way to get Ravage. And even then... The only difference in that first one was that the stickers for the Sky Striker made it look like Starscream. Exactly. Well, yeah, and the Cobra you had Commander, Cobra had Commander the gun. in a pilot costume. Right, and he had the gun or whatever. That, to me, isn't something... I looked at that as a Joe, as a huge Joe fan and went, I don't need that. Right. The Zoran is the one that ticks me off. I have two of them. I haven't opened her because I'm looking on eBay and going, it's $130. You have one and one, don't you? You have one, re- you have one black and you I have, have one... I have two of each. I do agree with... I, I have two of each, but something. even then, I can't, so I I can't bring myself... To open her, but I have that BBTS set with Xandar and the rest of the Dreadnoughts, and like, it it's incomplete to me. I do agree with the, sen- the sentiment of that, but I don't know if that's so much Hasbro because when you like in the grand scheme of things, how many people are Joe fans versus how many people are buying them for the sake of buying them? Toward in the last couple of years, they got away from that. They went with the the last two years they did the GI Joe Transformers crossover. Right. The stuff the 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 Transformer one this year was some rock band thing. It was Transformers Rock. Yeah. 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 So that's something that it's fun and it's different. They did that and they also did the Dinobots with the old, with the 1980s. Yeah. Yeah. To me, like a packaging or something, that's the sort of thing you look at and go, as a a fan, I don't absolutely need to do that. That's something fun and different. When they did the the Marvel figures, they did um, like the Captain America, they did it in black and white or something like that. That to me is is something different and it's fun and it's exclusive. If you sat there and said, the only way that you can get Nick Fury is to go to Comic-Con. That, to me, is disingenuous for what that's supposed to be. If you take a base piece and put it in, it's, it's, it transforms. The only way you can get Bumblebee is to go to Comic-Con. It's a comic, Bumblebee is a Comic-Con exclusive. you you got to be kidding me. It's usually repaints or something different. Yeah. Or well, something that's like, not the, super the exclusive. The this year with, with Death and uh, Nebula and yeah, everybody. The only yeah. figure that isn't available in other places is Death. And Nebula, uh, ne- ne- I think you'll see Nebula before the end of the year. And I, I have a feeling from talking to Hasbro, I have a feeling each one of those figures minus the Thanos, and it won't be the Thanos that they had in the packaging. But I can almost guarantee you, every one of those figures is going to show up on a uh, on a carded. I don't think Death course. will because Death is Death is not an integral part to those type of pieces. It's also a totally different figure. It has no articulation. You can barely see its face or whatever. That's the type of figure that you look at and go, that's cool as an exclusive. I don't need it. Right. I don't, you know, if I'm going to do Thanos and Fan, I don't need that figure. So, that, anyway, what the hell were we talking about? <laughs> the no more retailers. Well, for me, it was, it was more a matter of, like, how much, of, that, to me, like, as much as I understand, I don't know how much of that is, like, it, how because like, I know you're a Joe fan, and, you know, I feel the same way about a lot of exclusives, but... 
how much of that is not so much being a Joe fan, but how many of that is how much of that is just people buying them for the sake of buying them? Well, that's that's just there. That's, that, the, that's, that's what's it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's the well, thing. Any, like, anything I don't know that, if it's so much Hasbro's fault as it is people's compulsion. I would say to yeah, it, to buy. Every I don't blame any of them to do exclusives as long as you like. I said none of this is going to stop until people stop buying it on eBay. Right. Right. And anytime it, that anybody thinks that anything is an exclusive from Comic Con, they're automatically going to buy a hundred of them trying to resell them. Right. And that, and that to me that doesn't feel so much like their fault because if you, I mean if you were to just make it like you know, if you can make a limited run of something especially if you already have the mold for it and you can sell it for three times at their retail yeah. what it normally is in Target I would do that every single time of course mm-hmm. I mean look at look at the, the Necker or whatever for the, uh, the the Jaegers they just painted a matte black it's oh, yeah. the same exact figures you put three of them together Three of those should be sixty dollars. That thing was like a hundred bucks. It's forty dollars over what they would normally cost, and it's cheaper to build those because, excuse me, you didn't have to build that mold. The mold already exists. Right. All you did was cast it in black plastic. It's okay. I, I, you know, with all this going on though, I joke because my my absolute favorite booth this year at Comic Con was the General Giant booth, which I have dubbed the copyright infringement booth <laughs> because they were selling all the supplies needed to walk around Comic Con and scan figures and statues to take home lovely yeah. 3D files to print yourself. That was their big thing was that 3D scanning thing. Then. Yeah, they had the handheld scanner. They were also supporting that Kickstarter that made the scanner for iPads. Uh huh. And three, like you know, like I want a maker bot. But hey, handheld scanner for three hundred bucks. Just walk around Sideshow's booth, scan all those babies up, and take them home and print them myself. By the way, the Groot and Rocket is not listed for for sale. Uh, yeah, it was prototype. I yep. spoke to them. It was a prototype. It was a. Uh, it was one of their big pieces because the it was all digitally sculpted, and that was the that was the one straight from like the rapid prototyper that they painted. It was so beautiful. That piece is great. But again, it's like hey, one day you know, like for, I sort of look in the grand scheme of things, what's an exclusive when somebody's just going to put that file up on the internet in a couple months? And that is true. With three D printers, as cheap as they are, you can pretty much make your own exclusives. It just depends on what your quality is going to be. I mean, yeah, you can do it from sideshow, but Those, you're well, probably not going to three D print it an actual resin polystone. No, you know the no. way that they're doing no, it. So, like well, not only that, but it's like you know, plus your paint yeah. apps and stuff like that. The so. paint, but it's also going to be like, is There's it going to be articulated? Is it not going to be articulated? Oh, you know? Yeah, in the terms it, of stature. Well, yeah. if, you, if you learn, if you learn like ZBrush well enough, you just break in the articulation yourself and print yeah. out the parts you need, yeah. or find 3D uh, scanned uh, articulation parts to do yourself. Just drill some holes in the elbows and the shoulders and yeah. toss in some sockets. So. I also, I mean, I look at that and I go, it's like, man, if I had one of those scanners just walking around, it's just so easy to just hover around. It's like, oh, that Groot and Rocket statue there. It's like, give me... And the way they're sitting there, you can do a complete 3D scan. Give me 10 minutes and with the handheld scanner and a rapid prototyper at home, I don't need this. And soon they're going to be making 3D printers that print in color. Yep. So there will be no need for that. Or, hey, one day you're exclusive, you just 3D print at home. This has been... See, that could be a thing is you, you, you buy the barcode... At the not at the even, not pirate bay, <laughs> pirate bay. Somebody's gonna put that Groot rocket exclusive for home three D printers. First of all, we're not condoning copyright. Yeah. <laughs> this has this has own. been how to rip off major companies just, with Sebastian. Just edit in a long. We're not condoning piracy. Um, speaking of the decline of retailers, one of the big ones that I always go to every year is Underground. Underground Toys had no, their booth didn't have anything for sale. It just had cases of their merchandise. And would tell you other booths that you could go to to pick up a underground toy that was you know that somebody was carrying it, but they did not bring any merchandise this year for the what sale. What was underground? 
Underground has like the Doctor Who. They have a lot of the. They have a lot of the British like. They have a lot of the British licensings. But even um, QXT didn't have a lot. There was there was a lot of places that didn't have a lot of actual merchandise to buy. Yeah, uh, there was some. Yeah, it 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 did get tough. Like uh, I went over to uh, Tamahashi and mm-hmm. I bought some, actually I bought something for Brandon there. I bought some, I didn't buy anything for myself there. Um, I couldn't get my Mary Jane. Sorry. Was your dealer on vacation? <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a good one. I got the. Uh, the SH Figure Arts ones I, I wanted for Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. They're exclusive for Vegeta. And those are exclusives I like because they're exclusives. They're I not absolutely necessary. But also, because it's something that has a not, a... not necessarily a niche fan base, but not like Marvel or Star right. Wars. It's not a line that takes you... I, I hit that line like at 5 o'clock on Thursday or Friday, and it didn't take me 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Go in and I got that and the two figures that, that um, I still needed. Not needed. Needed's a strong word. I still wanted. I still didn't have. So, you know, a lot I got of the that. Square Enix statues weren't for sale this year too either. There's a lot of prototype stuff there. Oh, there's, we went there was a Entertainment lot of Earth. Prototypes had, Entertainment Earth had a lot of stuff. I bought the Brock and the GI Joe set finally Thank once they got it. You're welcome. Yeah. By the way, Brock Samson. Yeah, it was the easiest Venture Brothers figure I've ever made an attempt to get at that booth. <laughs> yeah, that line was never that long, even though I stood in it once before anybody told me that what I was trying to get. Wasn't I walked there. right up. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I could have later, and now that I see how many people are looking for that GI Joe set, I kind of wish I would have. I could have traded that for a lot of cool stuff. Um, You're welcome, by the way. So there's stuff yeah, for that first one. Thank you. Yeah, talking about nice people. Entertainment Earth was nice enough to. Uh, I had an experience with them. Thursday, I was there in line that night, and they told me very early on that the Joe, uh, their shared exclusive or somewhat exclusive, because it was available available online, so it wasn't like it was the only place to get it, but it was sold out for that night. It would be there in the morning. I stayed in line. I bought Brock, and then Friday morning, I got in line. I stood in line for 20 minutes. I specifically asked one person, do you have the Joe set? Is there anything sold out? No, we have everything. And then finally someone comes out and is like, oh, yeah, just so you guys know, we don't have the Joe set. And I, I was here last night. They said you'd have it in the morning. Like, well, we didn't even bring it. It's not even here. Yeah. And it didn't have the most wonderful reaction to it. And I kind of feel bad because he is just working there. But I still not thought it was kind of crappy. It's okay that you punch him in the face. That's I okay. didn't punch him in the face. No? He just chopped him to the throat. I did, I did thank him for wasting my fucking time because I was in line for almost 30 minutes. Yeah, I, I walked up to get the metal ponies and... Got right, you know, the guy was nice enough, just put me right there with in line and said, Go here, right there's the register, go get it. And I said, Hey, I have a buddy that's been literally in line two days in a row trying to get the G.I. Joe and he says, like, bring him by tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. We were able to talk to that guy, that was cool. They're really cool. And hopefully and hopefully we will get a partnership because you know we talked to him about doing a partnership with Nerdables mm-hmm. and that would be really cool to do with them. Right. So that so was yeah. you know, there were some cool experiences. I mean there you know, even though I had this real odd feeling leaving Comic-Con this year. I had some cool experiences. Yeah. I think for me, like I didn't have a lot of the same experiences that I'd had before, both in a good way and a bad way. The first two days were a blur because of everything that my friend Amanda was involved in. She was involved in the Her Universe Hot Topic show, which was controlled chaos to to get ready for, for her and me kind of being on the fringes of it. I thought they pulled so, off a pretty good show, though. They did. Um, but in, in terms of my not really involved but somewhat involvement of just kind of being in that bubble of of her being frantically trying to put stuff together and sleeping and not sleeping and trying to get up so by the time that was over friday morning it was just like 
okay, this is totally different than the last two days have been. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I lost Friday. I was talking to Ethan on Saturday, and I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to go back to the hotel and just zonk out and not really worry. And, and either he, he, either Ethan said something about packing or it just kind of put in my head, I got to pack. Tonight. It's Saturday. I thought today's Friday. Like Friday was just gone. Well, on Saturday, you, I still, you had the, the diamond thing on Friday where you had. I, yeah, I had. I did the diamond luncheon for work. Um, so that was a couple. That was a totally different experience too. And and every con for me is a little different now because I'm looking at a lot of stuff from a retailer point of view. I look at a lot of prices. I look at a lot of packaging. I look at a lot of availability. <laughs> I look at a lot of customer service. Right. For that matter, like how are the people that are servicing me? What are they doing well, and what am they not doing well that I might want to avoid? Like the that sort of thing. really good deal you got on the absolute identity crisis. <laughs> I didn't get that great a deal, but yes, I kind of kind of shocked that guy because I knew oh. the price of that thing. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell it. Uh, <laughs> I missed out on the deal at the booth of death that Mikey got because I went to the wrong guy. Mikey got the little kid who dropped like another twenty dollars off of his half off. He's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> the at the well, I was I was so worried that because he was not counting right, I'm like, oh, he's gonna overcharge me and I'm gonna have to say something. But he undercharged me. I'm like, all right, that's fine. Was this the little kid at the front booth of death? Uh, uh, no, I don't think you were there tonight. No, he was. He did the same. He was. He was. definitely a temporary hire. And he yeah. was. He was a nut job. He was a nut. So I, I'm trying to get around the guy that kind of owns that booth. There's the manager trying to get to that kid. I know it's like he walked away from me. I'm at the end of one of the fingers, and I'm sitting there going, "Ah, oh, crap!" And it's like, do I do I try and do something where before he comes like walk back over or whatever? I decided to take my chances. This guy was with somebody else, and I went around, but he stops, and sure enough, he turns to me. He's like, "Are you all set?" And I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> Shit. crap." Should have just been and like, "No, no, I'm just." I should have. Well, I didn't think. I didn't realize he had a calculator, so he pops out the calculator and puts it straight. I mean, it's still a great deal. I spent a ton of money there. Did you see the girl that worked at that one, Mikey? Which one? Uh, one of the bits of deaths. It was towards the front of the uh, the uh, ex- exhibition floor. I believe there's only one girl that works at any of those booths. <laughs> she, but yeah. she was perfectly your type. She was, and she was cute <laughs> too. There's a girl. She, like, uh, she was working at the same. Booth she had as that kid ram action. <laughs> but I noticed with, the, with those three booths, they, they would switch them around. Oh yeah, yeah, because it's all the same place. company. So here's you've been talking about how things are being a little bit too similar as the years have gone by with all these cons when it comes to the art that you're looking at with the books that you're seeing over there. Do you think it'd be better served going to the farther away cons, like maybe going to Chicago, maybe going to New York, places like that, just to keep it fresh for you? I'd I'd love to see those type of experiences, yes. It is the three shows we now do every year, or three shows I do every year, in WonderCon, Comic-Con, and Kamikaze, yeah, I'm seeing a lot of the same people. Um, more people come out to San Diego. Uh, the notoriety. But even then, I mean, some of the guys that I saw four or five years ago from back east don't do it anymore. There's there's an artist I know who lives in Atlanta who I met through Facebook um, as I was searching for for one of his prints. And we had talked about it once, and he said, I, I, I did San Diego once, and the amount of money it cost me just to get there mm-hmm. wasn't close to what I sold. Not to mention the cost to print, print a whole bunch of stuff that hopefully will sell and won't or may not. Food, 
time. You know, I'm not working on anything while I'm there. Yeah. Because he works digitally, so he really can't. And so that's the type of person, that's the type of artist that you don't see anymore. He does everything he does is in the southeast from Florida up to Washington's probably as north as he goes and he'll do Texas once in a while because he can drive there for most of them. Um, so yeah, it, it, it is something like that. I know Mikey and I have talked about going to Emerald City up in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, there's, there's, there's bigger shows out there to, to try and do and, and I would love to do it if only to see local type stuff. I mean, it, it's almost worth doing a small show, going out to a small show maybe in Vegas or Phoenix oh. or something. Well, Vegas is going to be a lot of the same people here, but you do. But you'll, Vegas, you'll see you people that of, come from. But we get that, a lot of local people in Vegas. Like you that's know. what I mean. That's you're looking for local. But also, you got to remember San Diego. There, it it's a waiting list even for artists. It's not like you just walk in and go, "I need a booth." Mm-hmm. So there are people from that are local, ish, that can't get a booth there. NinjaBot was able to get in this year. They're from from. Well, there's uh, a long waiting list. Yeah. Phoenix, but you know, there's only so many people that can make it in there. And and, and did Artist Alley seem smaller to you guys? It didn't seem smaller to me. No. I just I barely went through it. It was the same. Was it? It, yeah. it felt. I, I it was mean, the same. Maybe because I, I I started skipping booths that I've seen you know everything the same. I didn't so I look, started moving past I didn't them look faster. Through a lot of people's stuff. Artists that oh I take that back. I have one more print. I bought Michael Dooney's turtles print first night, but like preview night for me, I went straight to NinjaBot and bought their they had an, a, an exclusive print for San Diego that they had less that than Godzilla. fifty of the Godzilla, which I picked up for a friend of mine. And then I went straight to Artist Alley. Michael Dooney, who's a former Trans Ninja Turtles artist, always does a San Diego exclusive print mm-hmm. um, that there's only 25 of. Wow. So we picked that up. Yeah, so that's usually gone by mid-Thursday. So I went and made sure that I got that that night. And the last couple of years, I'll then walk through Artist Alley um, to kind of see some of the other stuff that's there. On Wednesday, I didn't do that this year. See, that's what I, I realized that this year, uh, going thinking ahead for next year, I think preview night is going to be small press and Artist Alley for me from now on. See, the thing with Artist, Artist Alley on preview night, I did Artist Alley last year on preview night because I was very interested in getting sketch covers last year. That's one of the other problems, not problems, one of the other experiences this year that I had. I didn't get any of my blank covers done at all because the prices were out of control. Yeah. And prices go up in San Diego because... There's Artists are looking at it and saying, more people. "It's not. It, it's the fact that okay, you won't pay that, but somebody else here will." When you go to True. a smaller show, if you go to Kamikaze, you'll see prices are a lot lower because there's not as many people there. Right? There's seventy five hundred to ten thousand people going to Kamikaze versus one twenty five at Comic Con. You're sitting there and saying, "If the first five people that walk by you that aren't going to pay sixty dollars for a head sketch, you don't. You're you're too you're priced too high. If you're a Kamikaze, you're going. There's probably not a lot of people here that are going to pay me that." At San Diego, you can have 20 people walk by and go, there's no way I'm paying that. Somebody's going to. Did Someone's going to figure it out. Did you see the Orion packs that uh, Livia did for uh, on a uh, blank? No. It was amazing. And that he had to charge a, a good deal. So I didn't have that. One. I have a. It, I didn't find Mark Dos Santos' booth until Sunday because he's <laughs> under... Well, he's under his, uh, his studio name now instead of just his. Mikey told me where he was. It took me forever to find him. I found out he's two, do- two booths down from NinjaBot that I visited every single day I was there and walked in and out of that aisle in the same direction every single time and never saw him. Which was the opposite direction. Exactly. Of where That's what I mean. Was. Where was Dustin Yuen? Because I was... Dustin Yuen was an artist. Out. He, okay, find the one where all the little girls are 
in like a cer- semicircle around it, that's his booth. I had so much trouble finding like uh, Joe Benitez too. I had trouble finding. Uh, I, I found him. That, that's Joe. all right. Lady Mechanica, volume <laughs> number four. Yes, he I was got, selling for up. fifteen bucks. I picked one up. He only had thirty three hundred, and it was the it, obviously it's the it's the pre sale one. Right. So and, sucker. Yeah. You know, not as long as we've been waiting for it, right? No. <laughs> of course, you do realize he'll end up putting out like six or seven covers. And I did talk to him. and he's a really he, nice guy. He's a really nice guy, but he also That's said great. That he's doing number five and then putting it out as a trade. Doesn't sell books. <laughs> when did number one come out? Mikey's 19, a little bitter. Zero came oh, out three years ago. No, he can be the nicest guy bitter. in the world, but like I said, there's a reason that Aspen dropped him. Beth still wants to punch him. Yeah, well, she, I don't know if I go that she, far. She's so mad at him over Lady McConaughey because oh. Lady McConaughey was one of the first books that she started reading, getting into comic books. And she started reading in 1865, <laughs> <laughs> and she loved it. She is immediately hooked. That will, you know, that and fables and a couple other things really got. Is her it because it took comics. her 25 minutes to read that double page spread oh that has 4,000 words on it? <laughs> yeah, that, sorry, Joe. It was what issue two, and it had. You open it no, up, it's it, issue three. I looked through issue was it two. Three? No, I looked through issue two today in a collection. I'm like, nope, it's not in this. It's got to be in three. Yeah, it was like every other word bubble, word bubble, word bubble. Oh, a little bit of a picture. Gorgeous art that's just totally covered in word bubbles. And it, there's two. There's basically two sentences in the entire thing, and they're just repeated over and over again with other words. It's fascinating. Yeah. But Joe, he wasn't at his booth for half the con. Because I went by. There were a few guys that were. Because like I, I never saw Amanda Connor at her booth as many times as I walked by her. I, I saw her there Sunday. And the only reason, yeah, she was only there Sunday. I met Chuck Dixon on Sunday because he wasn't there the other days, and he said the reason that he went after his spotlight that I missed because I read the stupid time wrong. Um, someone had posted on his Facebook page twice a day for the first three days of the show his the sign on his booth and him not there. And he's like, every time I can come here. You're not here. So Sunday, he promised, like, the spotlight's over, and I will be here until they shut the lights off. And that's when I finally got to meet him. That was pretty but cool I even commented on your Facebook page. Yeah, I, I missed the spotlight, and I'm pissed off because I, I brought Batman Zero. Yeah. Um, not the new Batman Zero, but the old Batman Zero. Um, that Graham Nolan tip. did. Graham Nolan did the art for it, and he did the cover for it. I love Some of Graham Nolan's covers are some of the best covers ever. Um and he was at the spotlight, but he wasn't, he wasn't, like, in Artist Alley at all. So I didn't get a chance to get his signature, so... That's something to, to chase down at some point. Do you realize that if we only stick with the normal three cons that we go to, this year will be four cons, including the uh, Star Wars? Well, next year, yeah. It'll be... It'll be 2015. Yep. And two of those will be within like a week and a half apart. Mm-hmm. Because WonderCon and, and Star Wars Celebration... There's, there's a couple of things I looked at because it's, it's something... The con experience is exploding. There was the article that you and I looked at. It was like Wall Street Journal for that was like three, four months ago. That yeah. a, a pop, what they call like pop fan convention or pop fan gathering. So Star Trek, Star Wars, movies, comic book cons, the fastest growing industry in entertainment right now. Yep, it's unbelievable. You looked at something like Salt Lake City two years ago in the second year, and it was the fourth largest con in North America. Mm-hmm. It was four. It's Comic Con. New, New York, York doubled in in less than a year. I New mean, York like went. Years. New York. Well, remember New York was a show that was going to close. Well, do you remember two years? They closed two years ago. They had three years farm ago. They equipment. closed. They had they had like Home Depot or something on the floor. They had you know all the Dodge was on the floor. They had all these things that weren't because pop that was the, that was the year that they were they weren't going to put on a show. It was a week before the show, and they didn't have any money. Yeah, and so they had to move it. 
And so they moved to that other center and they threw on a show in a week. And the next year, that show rivaled Comic-Con in terms of pure attendees. Comic-Con right. has more of exhibitors, retailers, professional, press, all of that. When you but throw as all far that as in badges there, sold. In terms of badges sold to tr- to fans who shelled out money to go, it's almost the same. It's like yep. 115 to 125 yep. New York and San Diego. And then you, the third one was uh, Toronto. And then the fourth one was Salt Lake City. Mm-hmm. Not C2E2, not Emerald City, not WonderCon. But Salt Lake City, yep, has forty-five to fifty-five thousand people go to it every single year now. So it's it's gotten humongous. Well, and it's it'd be cool to, be... to see what some of the others are, but it, it is a little bit of you and me and 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 Mikey. It, it may be a point of of a little bit of burnout, right? Of just and, and not just in the sense of oh, we went to so many in one year, but it's. Going to that same show kind of over and over, but it's also hard to think of what it would be like to not go. Right. Oh, I totally. You know. Well, it eventually has to come. So. Well, like you were talking, Mikey, on Wednesday, you were saying that, well, you weren't planning on going next year, but you just can't see yourself not really it, doing it. It sucks because I like the atmosphere. I like the crowd of people that are pretty much all into the same shit as me, and it is that community. And it is San Diego also, but I I was looking I was thinking last night when I was at work, going through like pretty much the floor plan for the exhibit floor, or exhibit hall, and I'm just like, I don't really care about that booth. I don't really care about that booth. I don't see it. I'm like, in the trade discounts, they're all the same booths. They're at WonderCon, and in the artists, they are like Chris said. This is pretty much the same artist every year. I don't think we discover as much as we used to, even in the sense of the small press and the stuff like that. That's true. Because all of us now, I mean, I'm in a section, a retail section in industry. There's nothing there that's really like, oh, my God, I've never seen this before. Even the small press guys, I see stuff from them. Right. You know, I see some connection to them to a certain degree. So, well, and just like the Hall H stuff, it's going to be online 20 minutes after the panel ends. But there is something, as he as he was talking about, there is something to, there's an appeal to that craziness. Oh, yeah. There's an appeal to, to being on that floor and to being somewhat crushed and going, you know, this is this is where everybody is. This is, you know, it's it's Mecca. We used to walk in and just, you know, <sighs> yeah. ah, Nirvana. You but know, you can get that anywhere people. now, though. But too, there's something different in San Diego, it, There is There is some... There's, we there's say that because that's, that's all we've really ever but, gone but to is, in Southern California. But there is something but, of... Entertainment Weekly doesn't have a WonderCon cover. No. You know, uh, Access Hollywood doesn't set up in the middle of, of the, the airport Hilton at yeah. Anaheim. The View like doesn't does do here. a, we went a to Comic-Con on, recap. Yeah, on Thursday, we went I mean, to go uh, see... Wonder, uh, yeah, they, do a, they actually do a WonderCon, or a Comic-Con recap. Thursday, Mike and I went to go see the taping of Kevin and Bean. It's a local radio show here mm-hmm. in L.A. They go down there, and never mind that no one at Hard Rock knows what the hell they're doing. It took four different people to figure out, oh, there's a radio show here. We expect to turn the corner and be like this huge, like they're in a room with a whole bunch of people. There's like 10 people lined up on a wall and they're on the other side in this alcove. You know, there's like two, there's two uh, rooms where there are interviews and stuff being done later in the day. And then there's like a little space that leads to a window and that's where they were set up. Um, But when you walk by the other rooms, that's where they shoot the stuff for uh, Access Hollywood and Entertainment Tonight and... Uh, any of those other shows that are sitting down and doing interviews with stuff because it is this even though we don't 
go to Hall H, and we're not really like waiting around the Marvel booth to find out who's going to direct the next Marvel movie or anything like that. There's something to being around that at all, in in a certain sense to me anyway. That there is some appeal to it, and I don't know. I just I, I haven't gotten tired of it. It's not like I had a bad time. It was just no. Different. It's just a, I I didn't have a bad time. I just had a different time. It just like you kept asking me like two or three times. Are we going to record? Are we going to do anything? And I, it was just everything was going so fast this year that I just I, I didn't want to stop to do it because when, when we do interviews and stuff like that, it's going to take a whole day just to go through and do that. Yeah. And I don't. And San Diego, you kind of you were talking to me down from this at one point earlier on. Is you know it's not that much fun to give up a day. Just to do that. WonderCon's different. It's a little bit easier to do it. It's not as much stuff going on. You know, some of the other cons, it's easier to do. But when you're giving up a whole day just to cover, you know, talk to cosplayers or whatnot, it, it's you're missing out on something. Well, to be honest, where are you really going to find 10 feet of space that you can actually stay there and do these, you know, recordings? Well, I, well, also, I found that out when I was, when I was cosplaying. Everybody, they also, tried to stop you right there in the middle yeah. of the things. And the, the thing with, with... That's why CBR has a boat. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on a boat. But I don't know if that's the same. I mean, waiting, you know, waiting, you know, overnight and another couple hours in line for Hall H uh, for the the opportunity to get into a panel, not even a guarantee. I don't know if that's so much the same experience as like, oh, if you're actually there interviewing creators, that seems like something in and of itself is more interesting. It than... it can be the thing with the it thing with depends on who thing, you're interviewing. But the yeah. thing that I keep saying with San Diego though is there's so many people there already that are doing it. Yeah. And let's face it, do it better and with a bigger name than we do. There's only so much time that people of you know talent people there, artists, creators, cosplayers, celebrities, minor celebrities, fans in general. What are they going to give up time to us? Or are they going to give up time to Nerdist? Are they going to give up their time to you know when Marvel starts? You know Marvel sends scouts through Artist Alley to see who's yeah. there and that sort of thing. It's San Diego is a show where there's such big people there anyway. I've had friends who worked at Sideshow. Uh, mm-hmm. A large number of their big deals are done at San Diego. It's calling Guillermo del Toro's people months before and saying, when you're in San Diego, we're in San Diego. We want to take you out to dinner. We want to you know, wine and dine you and see if we can get the license to do the stuff that you're doing or, you know, really well. San Diego is not the place where we're going to walk up to Sideshow and say, can we borrow somebody for 10 minutes to do an interview? Sideshow is going to look at us like, we don't care who the hell you are. Get the hell out of here. So it's how much time are we going to devote to basically getting rejected to a certain degree versus taking the time for ourselves to go do something, you know, and, and San Diego may not be the place. And plus, we don't spend a lot of time, you know, in the, in the same spot. We just have different interests in, in the thing or what we're willing to give up our time for. When I was cosplaying, I got I got interviewed twice. And one time was by somebody that had a GoPro in their hand, you know, and a little microphone. And I'm thinking and I'm like. Is this how some of the people that we've interviewed feel? You know, because it's it was just yes. very you know, <laughs> it was very gorilla style, very you know. No, Ethan has a backpack. I remember. Yeah, we're a little we're a little more. No, and I get that, and I get that, and that's why I had no problem doing it. It's because you know I know that not that we're some big thing, but you know that we are probably a step ahead of what these guys were, and I know what it was to do the first interview and stuff. You know, with somebody. So mm-hmm. I didn't mind doing it, but I just kept thinking, you know, is is this how we get perceived when we're interviewing somebody, you know, that's, you know, when we did um, 
Scott Lost or you know somebody else from you know WonderCon, you know, they were very cordial to us. They you know they very accommodating. But I'm just thinking, you know, were they thinking the whole time? Well, I've got these other things, or you know, the Nerdist or somebody else is wanting to interview me, but I you know I need to get to them. So I I don't know. It's 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 one of those things where. But I think, like, someone, for example, like Scott Loss, we spent a good half an hour, 45 minutes afterwards talking to him. Yeah. Where, you know, I think that he became, you know, more Inter- con- more, interested. more interested in what we were doing at that point. I think even, like, with NinjaBot, you know, we spent some Ethan, time afterwards. No one's interested in what we're doing. No, but, I mean, especially, well, you're right. It is It is more fun and more exciting to stand there talking to the creators or interviewing them or, you know... A pseudo celebrity or whatnot, then standing in line for Hall H, watching other people do it. Especially when, you, if you had gone into the con itself, you had a chance to meet the cast of the Avengers who were at the Marvel booth before the Hall H signing or Hall H panel doing a signing. Yeah, uh, yeah tell me about it. I was there. Daniel I was. Spider Man. I heard about that, but he I didn't was Spider Cliff. He was at Comic Con as Spider Man. This is this is the first year that I didn't. Places literally run into Rob Van Dam the wrestler the, you know every year like the last three years I've literally turned around and smacked right into him and this was the first if you year want a, if you want like a big dude to smack you go take a picture of Lou Ferrigno and start running down the hallway <laughs> I want I really I want to run up to him and go you're alive oh my god oh you're my alive yeah, so the the moniker Ram Action really shut works up. Then, right? you ram right into Rob Van Dam Every, every he rams his dam. I think you're ramming that joke into the ground right now. Uh, thank you. But we're going to keep going. Did you <laughs> listen to the last podcast? I Ram. think I called Rich a racist 35 uh, I, times. I think it's pretty clear I don't That's listen to That's why the title of it was, I'm not a racist. Um, the other thing with San Diego, though, we talk about sense of community. There's seven people in this room. Mm. This is the only show we've all been to. Yeah. This is the only one we all do. Yeah. yeah. You know? Because Sebastian didn't do WonderCon, uh, Mikey did WonderCon kind of towards the th- on a whim towards the towards, towards the, the end, there. yeah. So yeah, so I mean, there's there's nothing like that too. There's a lot of people that I saw down there. I have other people from work that were there. My friend Stacy's there. I spent time with her. I've met people there that I'm really good friends with now, and it's really odd. I mean, I, I have a friend Garth that I met at a panel a couple of years ago that was for a uh, um, new media panel. And we both asked a question or thing, and we're talking afterwards. And you know, we we're good friends. He kind of, I mean, he's been over the house a few times. He's coming over in a few weeks for the Doctor Who's you know premiere. But I you know it's that's what's cool about San Diego is because you can meet people there and become good friends with it because everybody there is for the same reason and they just want to be themselves. And even some of the celebrities that you meet there, they're just there, the cool hang out, and you know they're doing the same thing you are as fans. Yeah. The only place where people know that I'm wearing a bench rope shirt. <laughs> <laughs> that, that in the comic shop. That's it. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing is that's really cool. The find those people have wear... those really obscure you know, shirts and things. Yeah. Well, that's that. <laughs> that's the other like I'm trying to find shirts that no one else will wear, or at least not many people wear. And I show up Sunday we wearing my Sunday. OSI shirt, and Robert's wearing the same thing. Thanks for getting me on all. <laughs> well, no, it's funny because the. I wish there were more of us. We could have been like OSI agents, you know, like just. <laughs> Just casual, wearing the the you know the t-shirt you'd wear. I wish I'd gotten the it. SSR one. It was like the first day when you wore why. the. <laughs> I think I bought that shirt because I waited in line with your wife, and I'm like, "Well, I'm here. I might as well buy something." The rocket. This, this this shirt's kind of cool. Yeah, I'll take one of those. And then he rang it up, and I paid for it. And I walked away. And I'm like, "What the? 
fuck did I just pay for a t-shirt? He's just seen us uh, watching the Guardians the other night. All three of us were there. So we've got Rocket, you know, and we, we went to dinner before and Rocket was drinking beers with us. And <laughs> yes, yeah, so stuff plus Rocket. Yes. Raccoon was and we were sitting there. You each took turns holding him during the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. You are dumb. <laughs> How old are you? So, anyways. <laughs> Gulp. So, I guess final thoughts. Yeah, San there, Diego. Anyone have like one memorable thing they want to say about the con this year? <laughs> wow. I really like. I, 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 I honestly, I really like going to the Her Universe uh, show. Was it, it was something really different. I think my, my thing is in a moment, the, the biggest difference was being around... Amanda, as she was getting ready for this kind of really big event for her and a large number of other people mm-hmm. as well. And it was something really, that, that was one of the things that was really different. Never been a- around anything like that before. So, like, the memories of that, good and bad to a certain degree, um, are probably the one thing that I would take away. Going to dinner the first night with everybody was really cool, too. Going to dinner was cool. I do love going to. Uh, uh, food is always nice. Yeah, I only ate nachos once this time, <laughs> and I wasn't alone. I was crazy. Like last year, I had nachos like six times by myself. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to say. I mean, this is probably the first time because even like with WonderCon, I remember we all kind of just split off and go. But this is the first time that you know, with the three or four that I've been to, that we're actually you know for the most part together during. Different well, I mean, you said day, it like you know? for me. I said that last year was so different because I was alone for the bulk of three days. Because mm-hmm. for so many cons for so many years, Mikey and I, we would be on the floor pretty much at the same time, and then we'd we'd go to a lot of the same panels, or even if we we're going to different panels, they were at the same time, and then we'd reconvene. Mm-hmm. When Rich and his family started going, we spent a lot of time with them as well, and through the years, as as our interests have kind of changed, or what we've put a priority on. Everyone wanted to go to Cup of Joe. I wanted to do Turtles and Usagi 30th anniversary because that was important to me. So we were in different panels at different times. We weren't really meeting each other on the floor. You know, yeah, Betsy at this point now where she walks away from You just don't Yeah, see and so other. that's th- this year um, I spent more time around people, actual people, on the floor than I did last year where I was just pretty much by myself for, for three days. That, so. that sounds kind of sad, actually. Oh no, it was. It was. It, last year was really reminded weird. Reminded me of this all year long. That's no, it was just weird. It was just such a different, different experience for me last year, but not really in a good way. It wasn't something because I mean, you sit there. If you're at a panel, you're at a booth or whatever, and you see something cool, you kind of want to show. You're like, hey, check this out, mm-hmm. or just because you're like, hey, that price is better than the price before. Or in the case of usually when I'm around Mike, you're like, do I have this? Do you remember how much this was at that other booth? Because his memory is a lot better than mine. <laughs> Should I spend this much money on this? No. Okay. <laughs> what about you, Sebastian? Oh boy. Um, I, as much as I have fun, but I I go with my group of friends, so we always hang around together. But uh, for me, I, this year was a little bit different. But I think that's only because th- this was already so late in the game for things like summer movies. It wasn't like last year where there was a lot coming out before the con versus by this time. All I really have is like Guardians and Sin City Two, and that's it. Turtles. Don't forget about Ninja Turtles. Oh, yeah. Don't forget Turtles. 
Uh, someone I think I know went to that panel and was like, and Kevin Eastwood was like, oh, and there's turtles coming out. <laughs> he went to like, he went to some like turtles anniversary and was like, that was hey, me. That was you. And don't forget, you know, there's a Ninja Turtles movie coming out. An hour long panel and the new, tur- new Turtles movie is mentioned as like, yeah, there's a Turtles movie coming out. That looks pretty good. So for Kevin Eastman, and it was just like, <laughs> because there was no one representing it there. It was, I mean, it's Kevin Eastman. It's the guy who's writing the current Turtles title for uh, IDW. Um, the guy who did the, who was in the suit for Donatello. Mm-hmm. And the... Wait, original suit or like... The original suit. The, okay. the first, the first... The he was, original, the, yeah, the, the, the live not, action not movie. The, not the cartoon yeah, movie. he was the stunt performer in the live action movie. Go Ninja, that was Go in, Ninja. Uh, yeah. That was before Go Ninja Go Yeah, yeah. I know. Um, and then the last guy was the, the guy from Playmates who helped build the line right build the toy line so all the stories up there had nothing to do with the new movie um which i don't think that panel should have been about no and it wasn't but it was just kind of funny that to go through (laughs) the new turtle the the nickelodeon tv show got a hell of a lot more play than the new movie did so it it, it's doesn't seem to be really in the minds of turtles i want to say that it's it's probably you know a lot of people still have that bad taste in their mouth about the movie like, it's not... A lot of people says it says Zack Snyder. Or not Zack Snyder. Uh, Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. I would, I would, see, I would see a Zack Snyder. Guy. The, yeah. other, the other guy. <laughs> I'd see a Zack Snyder just, Turtles movie before I saw Michael Bay. And, and Which, I mean, he's actually just producing this one, so... But... Doesn't make a difference. But yeah, that's that, once that taint is there, it's like... Yeah. Well, well, Michael Bay taint is there. In, defa- Zack in defense of Zack Snyder, guy's got style. Like... But yeah. it's, it's one of those all style no substance. I arguments. still like Sucker Punch. Sucker Punch is a terrible film. That's my. I also love Sucker Punch. Terrible. It's basically, it's like, what do I want to see in a movie? I want to see dragons, robots. Throw it all in one. And let's just write a movie around that. So yeah, but they didn't some... write the movie around it. They just like, <laughs> let's just shoot something. Let's start some. Uh, we'll start. Exactly. We'll, that movie got him work. We'll throw some chicks in an asylum and everything. Everybody will be fucked up in the head. He's still running off of 300. No, he has dirt on somebody at Warner. (laughs) Let me make this clear. Along the chain, he has something. By the way, 300 Rise of Empire is a boring piece of garbage. Let me make this clear. Chris knows that the reasons why I like Sucker Punch too. I like it for what it is, which is popcorn, just garbage. It's junk food. Yes, but that's that's what I'm. That's as far as I'm gonna. I would never. I look. He's eating junk food. Yeah, no. I know diabetes. More, more. It's a visual than anyone in this room. Junk food is my friend, and I'm telling you that is terrible. (laughs) It's a visual orgasm. That's all it is. It's not. Well, if you want, we can spend another podcast talking about how bad it is. Clues. No, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it right now. We're gonna talk about how bad. Well, we've already question. gone what two and a half hours now. Clues. What was your What was your favorite moment or most memorable moment when he got beat up by Hulk Hogan? <laughs> um. Well, you're close. Uh, two moments. First one was actually meeting Hogan himself and being able to shake his hand. Oh snap! Yeah, so and I'm walking around. That was really cool. Yeah, the five year old me was like completely freaking out. <laughs> you know, just being growing he peed up. And, a little. No, I didn't. And watching, you know, him as a kid on TV, and you're like, "Holy crap! Here he is in front of me now." (laughs) There was a gusher. Oh, (laughs) jeez. So there was that, and also being in the panel where Metallica was debuting their like little two-minute cartoon that they had, Mm -hmm. and since it was later on at night, there weren't too many people there anymore. Unfortunately, I was like 
10 feet away from Kirk Hammett and, uh, and Robert Trujillo. So that was, that was pretty cool on its own too. Um, I think the other memorable thing was being out, how disappointed I was in the, the Constantine pilot and what a cluster that, that whole thing was. And <laughs> the actress in that pilot's not even on the show anymore. Exactly. Yeah. They, they, so they, why show it? It's just, yeah, make they, that a DVD extra. The show's not even going to be the same. They debuted well, that's the new actress on the panel and the panel itself, like for Q&A, or, was like five minutes. Yeah. Because they showed the whole pilot and they're like, oh, let's just bring them on here. That happens a lot, though. You, you'll get somebody <laughs> that was on for the pilot and then end up yeah. not... It's, it's just That's why a lot of times pilots don't ever get shown. Right, because they change so much of it, and it's one of those ridiculous notions like, why really? Like, Morphin Power Rangers. Yeah. The the pilot was 10 years old by the time it got picked up. Yep. So some of the actors were, like, just old and fat, mm-hmm. and they had to recast it. <laughs> don't talk about the Power Rangers. That's Ethan's favorite thing in the world. No, that's a true story. Wait, is it? It should now. If it, if is it Mighty, but is it Mighty Morphin Power Rangers just cut from a bunch of Japanese TV yes. shows? It is, but, exactly. but the original pilot using mm. those cuts with American with actors yeah. was already 10 years old by the time somebody picked it up. Well, it's wow. like all the fight sequences and all the times that they're actually the Power Rangers were from like 10 years ago. No, I knew, I knew that. Then, that. I mean, that's all Robotech was. Yeah. Robotech was a completely different show in Japan, and then they took two other shows and said, ah, we'll mix it in there. Yeah, I mean, that's how. Uh, <laughs> and Power Rangers has been going on like I think for 30, 35 years in Japan by itself. So mm-hmm. by the time it came out here, they were already a decade late. You're right. The San Diego Zoo, when they were covering Comic Con, they were talking about Power Rangers. Apparently, one of the guys that somebody knew had the choice between either taking and producing Power Rangers or Gorgeous, uh, Gorgeous, was it Glow Wrestling? Gorgeous Women of Gorgeous. Wrestling or whatever? Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Yeah, gorgeous women of wrestling. We could grow, grow. <laughs> gorgeous Gwow. ladies of of wrestling. Gwow. And he chose he chose the Gwow. women's wrestling over producing Power Rangers, and that he was, kicks himself now. That was huge for us. Uh, Glow was huge for like a year. Yeah. So, well, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Though, right. So. It's like, oh, that children's show that's been going on for twenty years now. Yeah. When you look Why? at you look at Power Rangers, just like we did when it first came on, as old as we are, going, this is the stupidest stupid. thing. This is Voltron. This every oh, it wasn't even Voltron. Voltron at least they had the sense to actually build something bigger. You're like, no, hey, I just meant the fact that you take Voltron's one of the machines and put them together as one unit, and they have. But, a and that, but that's all the thing is nobody in America knew that that show was already going on forty. Right. Like that, at least that <laughs> tradition has already been going on for that right. long. So yeah, a few people do about it because it was kind of obvious that. Yeah. <laughs> we oh, keeping sorry. you awake? No, oh, it's late. I had to work on. Um, what was the? It was the the Yellow Ranger was a woman in the American broadcast, but it was a, a the, was a man yeah. in the original. Yeah, yeah. Nope. <laughs> fire in the hole, baby. Fire in the <laughs> hole. <laughs> I guess so. My my most memorable moment would either be uh, cosplaying. We've lost Robert. <coughs> would either be cosplaying this year or. Um, with Arabella talking to uh, Chloe Dykstra because she was just so... I mean, it would have been like if I was standing there talking to George Lucas or, you know, or Johnny Depp or somebody. With that excitement, the, seeing my daughter have that, and Chloe being so reciprocant with it and, you know, talking to her and just... Yeah, she was cool. I mean, it, it was one of the coolest moments that you don't normally get to have, you know, and not that Chloe's a major celebrity or whatnot, but, you know in my daughter's eyes as somebody who's now becoming a cosplayer 
You know, she it was pretty cool. And to and have my daughter so have those begin. moments. Yeah. No. And it, to, to be a father and to have my daughter getting to have those Comic-Con moments that we get to have and see it through her eyes was really a cool change this year. What about you, Ethan? Uh, I don't know. It says it right there. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> eh. Yeah. Eh. No, I mean... Go to Mikey and he's... San Diego wasn't too memorable for you, huh? Well, no, like like we said, it, it just kind of blew by pretty quick. So it's hard for me to like pinpoint one thing. Uh, if I would have to say, you know, anything that was memorable is just kind of like the cool reception I had walking the floor as Nacho Man. Uh, oh, yeah. Did Nacho, the real Nacho Man ever show up? I don't know. Or is there one? I, I'm beginning to think it's just you. Yeah, that's me. That's it. If the real Macho Man showed up, everybody would be shitting themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I said not not Macho Man, the real Nacho Man. Oh. Just the real they, Macho they Man they was. They probably what still was would it, be twi- shitting twice themselves. Twice the size, half the talent. What was that? It? Macho <laughs> Man's younger brother. That's what it was. It was the guys in back of us when we were on the escalator. They're like, it's Macho Man. Like, no, it's Nacho Man. It's twice the size, half the, the talent. Half the talent. I said it was his little brother. <laughs> it's like it's Macho Man's little brother, and then Ethan chimed in with twice the size, half the talent. Nice. Which, for the half the size thing, I was carrying Slim Jims. And we gave it to someone at the QMX booth. <laughs> he came over and was like, I, I had a craving for Slim Jims. I don't know why. Now I know why. And he walked away. <laughs> and the guy I was talking to at QMX for work, he's like, oh, do you know Slim Jims? And I pulled. I have many Slim Jims in my bag. And so I came and was like, go give that to him. And he either ran over and gave it to him. The guy like cracked up for like 20 minutes. <laughs> I still think you should have walked around with nachos. That would have been perfect. Yeah. How about you, Mikey? You awake still? Yes. <laughs> Are you I'd sure? Passing out on Saturday night, going <laughs> into Sunday morning. That was awesome. <laughs> Sle- yeah, uh, sleeping. Just the time you tried to elbow drop me in my sleep. Or teabag. Oh, oh, <laughs> we didn't do the teabag. It would have been awesome. Wait, 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 wait. What was this what? thing about Ethan sleeping and moving around the floor? Ethan apparently at one point, because we stayed at the Motel 6, which is now like the refurbished Motel 6, so they have what? This floors. is the one that's going to be $1,000 a night next year, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Um... And Ethan was sleeping over by the window, and apparently he had, while he was sleeping, scooted himself all the way over which I still don't to know where the bathroom is by the door, <laughs> which was bizarre. It wasn't that far. It was by the wall that went into the bathroom, and was which was by the door. <laughs> still far enough. It was a good like his head moved a good six seven feet <laughs> from where it was. It was kind of it was weird, and then because the, the 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 beds like overhang out towards the end. Mm. So there's like a spot, something like a fort underneath it, sort of thing. And apparently, you see that'd been cool if you built a fort. No, what would have been cool is if I had woken up to go to the bathroom and stepped <laughs> on him because he was in a completely different spot. <laughs> be cool that wouldn't be, be cool. Mikey yeah. teabagging him. Getting locked out of the room on th- on Wednesday night was fun too. <laughs> so back to Mikey. Yeah. Most what? memorable. What's this about teabagging? It's <laughs> such a violent gesture. <laughs> How was it violent? We had tea. We violent but hilarious. He was throwing oh, tea bags we at had me. Tea bag. That's oh, I, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's it. That kind of tea bag. That kind of tea yeah. bag. Well, evolved into that, but <laughs> yeah, just wait till Not next year. Eight-year-old on Xbox Live tea bag. <laughs> well, Ew. Not the balls to your face. Wow. To your forehead. Uh, just <laughs> being able to see all the panels that I set out to see—that was the highlight for me. So it wasn't the camaraderie, camaraderie with everybody. Nope. What camaraderie? Yeah, I don't think he <laughs> saw anybody. <laughs> I didn't see Mikey for two days. There was one night, like, me and Chris got back to the hotel. Enjoy room. the community, but 
Uh, whatever. <laughs> you enjoy seeing people other the day, than us. The weekend happens. The weekend happens. Yeah, like me and Chris going back to the hotel room, and Mikey was still like in his panels or whatnot. And so I fall asleep, and Mikey wasn't back yet. <coughs> and then I wake up, and the bed is still like set and everything like perfectly. And I was like, Did Mikey get back last night? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Did My- he d- Is he like dying in a ditch somewhere? <laughs> Did Mikey do his vampire sleeping? Or he just no? Like, he sleeps no. in the, he sleeps in a crouch at the foot of the bed. <laughs> Because my phone was right there, I wanted yeah, to turn off the Saturday, <laughs> turn off the alarm nice so it doesn't wake anybody. To make sure that he turned the alarm off before it woke up the rest of us. Because Friday night, I mean, every night we ended up staying up like really late. So Friday night, uh, <laughs> going to Saturday, we were there late. Ethan had gotten back first. I got back later because I was actually standing with friends in the Hall H line, and then my friend Stacy and her friend Sarah showed up. So I just stayed there talking to them until it was they started handing out wristbands, and then we left. So I didn't get back there till late, and Mikey showed up even after that. I was watching Cap too, Freddie. Um, so. But we had, I had, whatever, like gone to sleep, or whatever. And I got up at one point, and Mikey's at the foot of the bed, <laughs> like in a curled position, <laughs> like the dog because, does on the bed. Well, just sort of like he's ready to pounce. Like the, the alarm's gonna go off, he's gonna hit <laughs> off, and he's out the door because he went Saturday to the Simpsons panel, so he left early. Right. So it's sort of the same thing. I wake up in the morning. On Saturday at like seven, and it takes me to realize that Mikey's not in the room, and I knew he wouldn't be because he left a lot earlier than that. But it was just like I didn't even hear him leave. <laughs> like I didn't hear him walk out the door. I didn't hear the door close mm-hmm. or anything. So it was pretty dead. We stayed up late almost every night, and got up early almost every morning. So and then between work and baseball games this week too. Like yesterday was the first day. Yesterday was the first day I didn't get up before six o'clock. Or before seven o'clock in two weeks, and it was amazing because even Comic Con was that I fell asleep in half the panels, or I was going to, yeah. And then this week too, I'm sitting there Wednesday at work, and people are looking at me like, "Are you okay?" I'm like, "I don't, I don't know." Robert went to the game with me Wednesday night to the to the uh, to the baseball game, Pweak! and God, I kept saying, I kept saying, "Rich," <laughs> and uh, finally Francis Lee was like, "Who are you going to the game with?" And I'm like, "Wait." Robert, what am I saying? You've been saying Rich for a half hour. <laughs> I can't Aww. think straight. It was, Aww, dude, he I does did. like me. I yeah, I almost killed this, too. Um, <laughs> I almost fell asleep on the freeway. Uh, yeah, he, <laughs> whoops. Good times. Good times. Like, so, know, Robert, how about you? We're going to die. If you're one, one day, day there. One day there, uh, because it was just one day, I really felt like no pressure to like you know I, I, I didn't didn't have too many things especially because it was Sunday yeah which uh, Sunday 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 usually is a big shopping day so I just I bought some come prints, shopping bought some prints bought some you bought prints I did prints uh, prints yes Prons. he bought prints <laughs> prints I got a, a head sketch from the artist of Black Sad that was really cool Adam Hughes drew me a Liz Sherman from Hellboy. Cool. To go with my Hellboy. Yes. <laughs> that was they're they're always really <laughs> nice. What <laughs> 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 the hell are you guys Chris for? No. <laughs> they are always really nice. I don't <laughs> there's something on the internet. Thanks for oh. laughing at Robert. Yeah. Wow, no, you're not even listening to no, Robert. No, <laughs> no, I'm listening. He he got um Liz Sherman and he's always nice. <laughs> but no, there's <laughs> no, Elizabeth Sherman. I want to see this now. There's a guy there's a guy who took this picture, and there's like a sunset, and then he guess he asked, 
for the internet to, to Photoshop it to move the sun in between where his fingers are because he's not even close. Like the sun is just over the horizon lines up here. So first they, they take his fingers off and put it where the sun rises. Then the next one is the Death Star blowing up the sun. And then there's him holding Justin Bieber's junk. And then there's one where the sun's been around. I didn't get the last part. <laughs> oh, God bless you, my friend. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Chris's spin off podcast. He's just laughing at memes. <laughs> We've officially gone off the rails. Oh, Jeez. Oh, my God. No, this is so, so I think, <laughs> I think delirium is set in. I think it's about that time. Well, I was going to ask Robert, which we kind of lost him now, but you're going to ask him, as only being there on Sunday, did it feel more packed to you than normal Sundays? Uh, not at all. Not no? No, I, I was fine. Although, I did have one moment, but that's just because I'm, I'm claustrophobic. Um, <laughs> you're at Comic-Con. I'm at Comic-Con. You know, it's a bad place to be. But I had one moment where I just I felt panic. But it wasn't. It's like me. I hate crowds, but I'm at Comic-Con. <laughs> oh, man. Um, and Sebastian knows he's seen me at my, my worst... To me, this year yeah. did feel like there was a little bit more, there was a lot more people there on Sunday than normal. I mean, you know, being home and then hearing the news from home about how bad it was was terrifying. <laughs> Before I came, I was hearing like, oh, $60 for parking. And oh, there's 125,000 people here. And downtown San Diego can the, technically only hold 30,000. The odd thing for us was, oh, yeah. at least for me, for people that I knew that had been here for a while, is half of them said, oh, my God, it's so much more crowded than it was last year. And the other half said it was empty. Right. Like one, one, one of our customers. Sunday, and I would say Sunday is probably the lightest Sunday I've seen since I started going. See, Sunday for me was packed. Yeah, I spent the entire time. Me. The entire, and I'm usually in the retailer any area anyway. That's usually the year where, or the day where you have a chance to, like, go to Hasbro and finish taking your pictures or go by the Marvel or whatever, and it's empty. Because there were still events that day, and there were pretty big panels on Sunday still, you know, bigger than, than normal, it was still packed all through those publisher-slash-movie-slash-TV booths. Mm -hmm. But the retailer, it was impossible. Yeah. Like, I, I, there was a booth I skipped completely because I physically could not get to the entrance to go see what he had. I didn't get I just couldn't any get of the to. toy toy retailers this I year. got to a couple. I got to one guy who sells, you know, a lot of Japanese stuff. I got a Revolvatech... Uh, Veritech fighter from Robotech because mm -hmm. he had the battle pod, which I don't know if it was exclusive or not, but it was like twice the price of the Veritech. And I was like, dude, F that. Um, but so, yeah, half the guys I knew, one of the, one of the guys that's a, that's a customer at work, he's like, yeah, I've been the last like two, three years. It really wasn't that packed this year. And then someone else, same thing. Someone else, like, I've been the last three, the, the last three years. I've never seen it this busy. I've never, I've never, I can't believe how many people were on the floor this year and, and we're just, I was just packed the whole time and I never felt, you know, I never felt comfortable and it was weird because different people just had different reactions. Yeah. But that I all mean, depends on where they're going to, like what yeah. their main focus is I think is that, on. that's a big thing and, and what it's I was also. staying away from. Yes, yeah. exactly. I was staying away from like the Fox. Booth the middle of like the floor. The, and the, yeah, the Marvel. Marvel. And Warner Brothers. I didn't even see the image booth. Um. 
saw the back of the image booth. I saw the back of the image booth. Well, the Im- the image booth was uh, the, the Skybound was kindly enough to add the image booth to their booth. Yeah, they were because <laughs> the front of it was all Skybound Entertainment in the back, of it, and which is what it was last year too. Um, well, Skybound also had that little. Is, they had their like little couch and set up in there. With well, they've got Skybound. The thing now is they, they have a couple other books, not just Kirkman, but I mean, Manifest Destiny is actually published through Skybound. Right. Um, there's another book that I'm thinking of too that's published through Skybound as well. So, but they what's funny is when presence. when I went there, it wasn't that busy at all. And it was like Saturday. No, the, the sky the Skybound booth wasn't that busy. I went over there to look for the Manifest Destiny hardcover, and it just wasn't a price mm-hmm. that I was willing to pay. I walked through Image real quick, but. I've seen all their stuff a number of times. I bought a lot of stuff from them last year, the last day, and I didn't see a lot of older stuff through their booth. You know, it was stuff that came out in the last six to eight months, and I'm like, this stuff's all readily available wherever I'm looking. Last year, they had, like, the rest of of Paul Grist's Kane series that I'd actually been looking for, and then I bought a couple of, of uh, smaller trades, like Great yeah. Pacific and stuff like that. So I didn't do any of that this year either. Dark Horse did a big 50% off blowout at, on Sunday, too. Which was I never even made it back to their... I bought so much stuff from Dark Horse at WonderCon on the right. last day. There was nothing there, and as you pointed out, they didn't bring any of their Star Wars stuff. There was there was two shelves of Star Wars stuff. Luckily, I was I, I got the last copy of Legacy Volume Two, Number Two, and I was able to get like one of three copies of the Volume One, and then I picked up uh, Dawn of the Jedi Volume Three. And other than that, that's pretty much all they had. They and they had the Star Wars in paperback still. But other than that, there was no more Star Wars. Yeah, they didn't really have much of anything. So what about you? What was your most memorable or uh, exciting it. experience? I said it was the whole thing going through to the Miss Universe. Or Miss Universe. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, I went to the Miss Universe pageant. I don't know how you know that. At Comic-Con. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was just it was an odd. Except, you know, Miss Universe at Comic-Con takes a whole but different to go meaning. Back to the, I feel like you've asked... Yeah. Times now. Have I? I think so. Well, uh, Kay asked me first. Oh. Wishes. But one of these talk about the crowd for the first time in a while. We actually ate lunch in the gas lamp. Yes, we did. We went to. Uh, I can never. I always get the name of it wrong. Was Baja. Rock Baja. Baja. Yeah. yeah. So we actually went there, which we haven't been to in a million years. We usually do Lolita's once. Yep. We did it uh, preview night this year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, going to Rock and Baja, we haven't done that for a lunch in yeah, a long it time. It wasn't that long. We got fantastic service there too. Actually, that was awesome. amazing. That was probably the best service I've had in a long time at a restaurant. Yeah, probably since we were at Red Robin in San Francisco. Yeah. So oh yeah. Now, <laughs> like I said, it was just kind of like weird jumble of stuff that, like, stuff that we used to do that we haven't done in a while, mm-hmm. and it's stuff that we just never done, and so, which I guess is every. Wait, I mean, some of it should be doing stuff you've never done before. It should be. A lot of times it ends up not being. It ends up being doing a lot of the same type of stuff. But yeah, like there wasn't any like surprise panels for me or anything that I was like, oh, this was so much better than I thought it was going to be. You know, I go back all the way to the G.I. Joe panel where they didn't really tell you what it was about right. years ago. And it was the, the Resolute web series. Mm-hmm. They showed the, the preview for that. And it was just like, holy crap, what is this? And then they... It's on the web. Uh, push this off to the side. We don't want to deal with this anymore. Well, the IDW panel this year was... Uh, there's a new G.I. Joe book coming out. It's Karen... Um, Karen Travis. almost said Karen Hillian. But uh, it's Karen Travis. Interesting. <laughs> it's Karen Travis. Uh, it'll be coming out in September. Um, and then let's go on to G.I. Joe versus Transformers. And they went into that for the longest time. Because that, that book is... If it wasn't for My Little Pony, that book would be number one. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. 
The uh, I talked to that book uh, is very uh, very indie centric. We'll put it that way. I talked to Georgia Ball, who's the writer for Littlest Pet Shop, which is IDW. They said they that book has not gotten any of the fans to come over from My Little Pony at all. They said that unfortunately because it's in their their focus audience is little girls. Cross little girls do not go over. into comic book stores. Oh, they do. They do. Only if it's with their... It's also most of the audience from My Little Pony are not little girls. Right. And that's what they were saying is they were hoping that with this book, they would be able to get... With these two books, they were hoping to get more of a girl audience. And here's it's the, not Here's happening. the thing with kids' books. It's not that little girls don't go into comic shops, that they don't go into comic shops regularly. One of the things we learned very quickly with kids' comics as a whole is you'll see stuff that's stagnant for a long time and then all of a sudden it just disappears mm-hmm. in terms of... of People picking up not one issue but three issues at a time. That's because that person who's buying it as a, as a child hasn't been in a comic shop in three months. When I was eight, nine, ten, when I was first getting GI Joe, I'd only go to the comic shop and see me once every three months. And so I would be picking up three issues of GI Joe at a time, three issues of Star Wars at a time. Right. So with kids comics, My Little Pet Shop right now might not be doing what they think it's doing, but somewhere down the line. When someone comes in and discovers that it's there, it's a backwards, uh, it, it's a reverse, uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what it is. Like the, the movement of it is, is a reverse sort of thing. We see that with um, the Scooby-Doo team-up book. It came out, it's a brilliant book. If you're a fan of the old Scooby-Doo card, met whoever, the first book has the 66 Batman and Robin. And it's so well done. I mean, you can see, you can hear the voices in your head as you read it. That book was there, and nothing really did anything. And then two came out, and three came out, and four came out. And I was like, okay, this book's doing And then all of a sudden, you saw one, two, three, four picked up on a weekend. And then two, three, and four picked up on a weekend. And then one, two, three picked up on a weekend because we sold out of four. Because it's backwards. Think the, The type of fan for that book, we see it with indie books also. Those type of fans aren't guys that are showing up every two weeks, every week, every two weeks, or even every month. To pick up all their Marvel, all their DC. These are people that walk into a shop when they have time. When you know when I'm in the area, I'm jumping into the kids get their allowance, you know, and yeah. once it builds up uh, up and up to buy a comic or two, then they show up. That sort of thing. Not no, I mean it makes sense. And one of the things she said was that they are going to be releasing it in a hardback and putting it in other retail establishments to see how it will do. Also, I, I, I imagine you're going to see. My littlest, my my littlest pony pet shop crossover, crossover thing that'll go through it. If you have those two properties, what, it's the same. And it's the same comp- parent company. You might as well do it. Since IDW started publishing My Little Pony, every panel I've been into, there's been at least four or five people asking for Transformers My Little Pony crossover. I would not be surprised if that happens before long. Again, because they're grown men. Yes. That's all they care about. Well, that's what that's what my my wife and daughter went to the My Little Pony panel, and she said that they my little daughter my little daughter my daughter wanted my little daughter my daughter wanted to ask a question, so they moved her to the front of the line because it was nothing but men going up to ask questions. So, My Little Pony fifteen. <laughs> When Applejacks has three stars on her butt, and then in the next panel she has two. And she has apples and one, and she can has you, stars and can another. Can you explain why? I guess my question is, why does Fluttershy not like... Like, she doesn't like other ponies? 
and stuff. So what you, what's going on? In it? Those are, real, those are real names. I know I love the real fact names. that you're visually yeah. doing the spot. He's got his eyes closed. Yeah. You have to. You have to sell it. If you don't sell it, it just doesn't work. Hey, you know what? I, I almost wore a T-shirt for the Monster High panel. Says that's right. I watch Monster High with my daughter. You know, or, or I'm a I'm a Dony. I'm a dad. You know, it's a it's instead no, of you a wear brownie. the shirt that says I watch Monster High without my daughter. <laughs> that's just creepy. So um, let's Which just you want let's wrap things up. So oh, I think we're wrapped. Sebastian, Robert, you got anything that you guys want to plug? Any of your Robert? Robert has a YouTube channel. Yeah, YouTube. You have a YouTube panel. Robot on, robot off. Yeah, whatever. YouTube channel. Robot on, robot off. That was probably one of the more fun things. uh, Like was Saturday. I came down Saturday night. Yeah. And just, just uh, coming up with new new ideas. So advocating, advocating. Address or the channel name again? It's Robert. It's robot. Robot on, robot off. One word. Yep. Are you putting your vines on there too? No, Can you put vines on, no, my vines, put vines on there? My vines are fun. You should see Robert when Yasiel Puig hits a triple. <laughs> <laughs> I've never Yossi seen Robert. Yasiel Puig. He hit a triple Tuesday. One, yeah, Tuesday. It went Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And Robert was as excited. Like, he just won the lottery. Just gets up and starts screaming. Wah! Wah! It's on vine. Yeah. That was the one where you did that 360. Yes, yes, yes. And then the, we're at a Dodger game. And Sebastian, Sebastian, how about you? Anything? Um, Sebastian does. Sebastian Sebastian's does other. Sebastian's on my YouTube channel. I am Sebastian's. Sebastian Sebastian is Sebastian's a star. He's on like a video that's on. What I'm was shoving it? myself in everywhere. Like, Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Ding. Wrong thing to say on here because. <laughs> ram uh, ram action, so Sebastian. It, I, I, I don't know. Just. Inexplicably, like I'm also in like the Comic Con 40th anniversary book in like two or three pages, so I have a knack for squeezing myself in the photos. Special. I feel like Forrest Gump, but in the background of things. Are your eyes closed in every photo too? <laughs> that... No, I mean it's like, it's like, oh, this important thing's happening, and there's me like Bigfoot in the background, blurry. You should move your face as quickly so as possible. So what you're saying is blurry. you photo bomb everything on accident. Like, who is that guy who's you just showing move? up in all these pages? And then Man, he gonna, must be important. Someone's going to keep clipping to the book and my face will just... What would be weird if somebody came up to... Hey, I saw you on this picture. Can I have your autograph? I, I would not... So what you're saying is you're you're like the, you're like counting like the yearbook pictures, how many times you show up in the yearbook? No, actually, uh, for the 40th anniversary book, I was at the shop and one of uh, a friend of mine at the time came up. It's like, you know, you're in this book, right? Like oh. two or three times. Like, what? And he's like, yeah, yeah, here. Here's one of the pages. I was like... I guess I have to buy this book. <laughs> That's how they get you. <laughs> by putting Sebastian, you, you do you do another podcast. I do the Pick of the Week podcast for ComicImpact.com, and uh, that's usually posted every Wednesday, and we talk about the previous week's books. Uh, and uh, my Comic-Con photos are going to be up on that site as well. And, uh, yeah, let, let's, let's stop right there and point something out. Sebastian's photos turned out better than, like, Three quarters of the stuff I saw on Entertainment oh, Weekly. Oh, Sebastian's oh, posts whatever. were just—they were amazing. I, yeah, I, I really—that Jim Lee photo is fucking amazing. Jim Lee photo and got a photo of that apocalypse guy. Yeah, that was yeah, one of the best like, cosplays I saw. That was that thing was sweet. Well, even the shots that you took just of us and other, you know the I, you started posting and things like that were just amazing that you put up, and the depth that you were pulling out of that was just—I mm-hmm. I was really surprised at how well they were. Well, thank you, thank you, um, and. You'll put up some photos. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely. Get, yeah, giving you some photos to put up as well. Um, that's 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 always been like my secret 
Passion. Hobby is photography, so. And ladies, Sebastian is single. I am. <laughs> um, so if you love cameras, hello, and ladies, and Comic Con and, and comic, comic books, and long walks if you're if you're big on photography, and long walks on the and, and long walks to the gas lamp of San Diego. Yes. Where I do not live. <laughs> long walks, to but the, it's like, only two hours away. Hey, we we flew through the gas lamp to get to Hodeds. Oh, Hodeds. Oh, oh! I told you I shouldn't have eaten those onion rings. Oh my uh, god! I, I, I'm not. I, I couldn't make it. There was no eaten. way I was going to. You would have. You would have hated there. it. You would have hated it. There's no way. In, in, you would have never made it. Arabella would have never made it. You would have hated it. So it was better that you guys didn't didn't make the attempt because it was way on the other side of town from where you guys were. Yeah, mm-hmm. being in that costume all day long and then into that would be horrible. <laughs> oh, God, we lost him again. <laughs> so, as Chris is going to lose it here, and everybody... Oh, wait. Before we... Before oh, we wait, 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 wait. Because it's a picture of Rocket and the Winter Soldier together. Okay. Yeah, I do it out loud because it's a part of the movie, so... That's awesome. But you'll get it. I love that. <laughs> that is awesome. I need that one. Picture of Rocket and Cable? Yes. <laughs> Rocket and Cable. <laughs> Rocket and Cable. So as always, remember, Nerdables is on Stitcher Radio, which is a great way to listen to us on your mobile device. Uh, you can pick it right up right there. And we are on SoundCloud, Blip.TV, and iTunes. And make sure you also check us out. Check, check, check us. us. Check us out. Check us out at Facebook. Please, Howard shaking please check us out. Please check us Mikey off. loves Howard shaking. Mikey's favorite artist off. is Howard shaking and Scott Shaw in a mashup. Of <laughs> that would be the greatest. I, I I would need to see Scott Shaw. I actually very much enjoy Howard. I don't want to see Scott Shaw. And and drawn Scott, by Scott, Scott Shaw and Howard Chaykin just doing a piece of art together, just one inking and one drawing. So if you've enjoyed this podcast, make sure you leave us a comment at the iTunes or any of the other places that you might listen to us. The comment being, "Why the fuck is this so, so long?" long? And then also go over to facebook.com backslash nerdables or Twitter at nerdables show. No, you should have stopped there. Which, which, ladies, by the way, is the comment that Sebastian gets all the time. <laughs> <laughs> or head over to our website wow. at nerdables.com. Wow. So for everybody that's sitting here, I'm going to say so anyways. Drink up, people.